That's right. It's Monster Monday. We're going to be talking Monsters on the Ohio with Chuck Davison, Doc Lang, and Aaron Wheatley. How's it going, fellas? Good. Chuck? Well, here in Kentucky, it's cooled down a little bit. Is it, Aaron? <laughs> yes, it well, you, has. You warm that water up because we're fixing to make the descent on Owensboro, Kentucky. Yeah, I know that for sure, man. I can't wait. I'm jacked up. Yeah, I think everybody is. We, we wait all year to get there, and, and now we're getting close. And, and uh, Chuck and I, was Doc was talking before the show, and everybody's got stuff piled up. They're getting ready to go, and the excitement's building, and everybody's just going to go crazy to get there. Yeah, that's, that's Chuck, one good thing about monsters. Yep, it is. It's a good time whether you catch fish or not. It's a blast. Chuck, what do you got for Aaron tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I hit him up today. I was wanting to know about the uh, we're, we're you know the guys who want to get oxygen in Owensboro. Yeah, you know I've talked to a couple different. Uh, from from my understanding, there's two different kinds of oxygen. Uh, there's medical oxygen, and then there's just the plain uh, O2. Uh, I talked to a couple different uh, welding supply companies in in Owensboro, <laughs> uh, Modern Supply and Air Gas and they're both here in Owensboro and they said they'll be able to do anything we need as long as we're not needing medical oxygen. Oh, awesome. That's great. Uh, if, you go, if you go to Facebook, you'll see where I put the information for modern supply on there, the phone number. And then the air gas guy just called me this afternoon. Actually, he's a friend of mine. It was like, Hey man, you know, shoot some people my way too. We can take care of them also. So we got two different companies here in Owensboro. Uh, that will be willing to supply you with oxygen for your tanks. Yeah, and, and uh, you know it would be a great, a great thing for Bass and Moore is if there was some way that these guys could uh, be at Bass and Moore at a certain time and uh, you know promote Bass and Moore to, that the oxygen's going to be there and uh, everybody knows where that place is going to be anyway and you know that'll get people down there. Yeah, but the way they talk, the refilling process on those bottles, unless you're exchanging it, is a, a time-consuming thing. It's not like it'll happen in five minutes. Okay. So basically what we're probably going to have to do is direct you to those uh, those supply companies themselves. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. no problem. I've yeah. I, I seen them do the, uh, the bottle equalization or whatever, and that's just you're putting the same pressure that's in the big bottle in your little bottle. And, and right. that's not really, that's just kind of topping it off. That's not really refilling, but it'll work. But, right. uh, you know, I, that's what I was watching some guys do in Memphis. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not real familiar with the oxygen. Me and my partner never had a problem keeping fish alive. Uh, he actually runs like Mr. Bubbles, and he's got a big 75-gallon uh, live well. Let's say we never had problems keeping fish alive till Friday. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's always when you least expect it. Yeah, it's when you got 112 pounds in the live well in the first day of the Cabela's Classic and they're all starting to roll over on their side. Uh, you're wishing you had that oxygen, and luckily there was a gentleman from Cincinnati, Ohio, who happened to see us having problems, and uh, he handed us his oxygen bottle, and I didn't know him from Adam. Uh and he handed us his oxygen bottle and said, look, after you weigh your fishing, man, give it back. So we drove back uh, 35 minutes. And by the time we got back to the weigh-in, I opened that lid and those fish were 
kicking and mad. So uh, that oxygen is really, it definitely proved to me it's worth having on the boat for sure. That's pretty good that somebody did that for you too. Yeah, his, the boy's name was uh, Jeremy Chase, I believe. He's from up around Cincinnati, Ohio. Hmm. All right, so the confusing part. Tell us about how the uh, the trailering, the convoy to the launches and all that's going to work uh, tournament morning. I know okay. the, the uh, time. First of all, let's, 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 uh, let's talk about this. I After watching the weigh-in in Henderson and how many fish died, I almost pulled trailering, even though it was two weeks before Monsters on the Ohio, because to me, there there are two main concerns as a tournament director, mm -hmm. and that is my anglers and my fish, okay? Luckily, a cold front has come in, has dropped the temperature 20 degrees. We're going to have some 40-degree nights, and the water temperature is going to fall. So I'm hoping that that will help preserve these fish that are going to be coming from 45, 30 miles away. Uh, I want to express to anybody out there that's watching this show that if you don't think you can keep your fish alive, don't trailer. Stay in Owensboro. Lock through. We're setting up lock times. Because the, the one thing that will end trailering at Monsters on the Ohio will be dead fish. I promise you. It will never happen again. Me being a leading converse, conservationist here in Kentucky, what would it look like if I run the biggest tournament in Kentucky and I'm killing off 50, 100 fish a tournament? It's not going to look good. And it's not going to make me feel good. So we are, we're, right, we're going to stick to the trailering. That's not a problem. So this is how that's basically going to go. You've probably okay. seen videos from Angel Mounds and from Rocky Point. We've tried to go out and give you an idea of what those boat ramps look like. Uh, Heath Malone and his brother have done some taping with me, and my buddy uh, Drew Hardesty, the bearded servant, has done some taping with me. So this is what's going to happen. The night of the captain's meeting, you will decide which boat ramp you're going to put in at, okay? We're going to create a list for Angel Mounds. We're going to create a list for English Park, we're gonna create a list for Rocky Point. After you choose what boat ramp you're gonna to go to, that morning, you will still get your live well checked at, in Owensboro, Kentucky at English Park. Depending on how many boats are leaving English Park will depend on what time the live wells uh, check start. It could be as early as 3.30. Our plan is to have both of those lines of boats and trucks going east and west at quarter to five. That way, Angel Mounds, we, we timed it. We drove five mile, five mile an hour over. It was 33 minutes from Owensboro, from English Park to the boat ramp. Rocky Point was 45 minutes. So you'll get your live wheel checked. You'll get in a line. One of my guys will be in the front that morning. He, you will stay behind my guy the whole way there to both boat ramps. He will check you in at that boat ramp. If you do not check in at the boat ramp that you designated at the captain's meeting, you will be disqualified. Now, can you say put in at uh, Rocky Point or Angel Mounds and fish half the day and, it, and, and you're not doing very well and you want to come back to Owensboro? Yes, you can. Uh, we had actually discussed about letting 
people, if they wanted to, let their partner drive their vehicle back and they drive the boat back to Owensboro. Well, we can't do that because of the slot limit in Kentucky. If a guy is driving a boat down the river with two overs in his boat, he's illegal. So you can't do that. Now, if you have a third person in the boat or you have someone, a friend of yours, that can come and get your vehicle where you put in and you want to let them drive that back to English Park, and then you just ramp in at English Park, we're going to allow that too. Because we would just soon have everyone as close to English Park as fast as possible for the health of those fish. So anyways, let's get back to the trailer part. So what will happen is you'll follow my guys to the boat ramps. He'll check you in. You'll put in, put in. No one leaves till 630. Everyone will leave at 630. If you're not, if you don't feel safe leaving with all those big boats, I know here in Owensboro, we have a no wake zone that you can set in until the traffic clears out. Okay. Now, when you're coming into those boat ramps out of town, you got to You got to remember this. <clears throat> no one is going to be there <clears throat> to manage getting in and out of the water. So, for instance, if you put in at Rocky Point and you decide not to come back to the boat ramp till three o'clock when the tournament ends, and there's ten guys getting their boats out of the water, and you don't leave Rocky Point till quarter after three, three twenty. Guess what? You're not going to make it back in time. So people need to consider coming in early, especially at Rocky Point because it's forty-five minutes away. So. You'll fish out of that boat ramp. You can come back to Owensboro anytime you want. You have to be back to Owensboro by four o'clock. We're actually going to use Elm Street to bring boats in from both ways, which is about seven blocks from the actual way in. If you've been to Owensboro, you know there's the Hampton Inn, uh, then there's the, uh, the the convention center, and then there's the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn is Elm Street. Every guy from out of town from 4th Street or 2nd Street will be turning on Elm getting their card, getting their decals on their cards right there, six, seven blocks away from the weigh-in. We don't want to have all that congestion down uh, at the weigh-in, people trying to get their card stamped and all that, you know. So we're going to do that six or seven blocks away for guys coming from out of town. But like I said, once my guy leaves that morning, you're pretty much on your own at those boat ramps. But you got to be back in Owensboro with that stamp on your card by 4 o'clock or you're disqualified. Okay, if, if you're uh, way back in the weigh-in line and, and, and you got some fish that are in trouble, is yep. there going to be uh, guys that will help you with oxygen or anything like that? Uh, there, I don't know that there will be guys that will help you with oxygen, but we will, we will let you come on up with your sick fish. So if you're in line, you got a sick fish, my people, the line isn't going to be that long. The line is never that long at Monsters. It's normally – from the boat ramp to the weigh-in. So you're talking 10, 11 boats. Now I know with those guys coming in from out of town that it could possibly get longer, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna let those guys that are coming in from out of town move in front of the people that are at English Park because the people at English Park can leave their boats on the water, keep, re keep recycling that water. So I'm not saying that the guys at English Park will be last, but as guys come in, you know, we'll let three or four guys coming in from out of town and then one guy from English Park go. Uh, our hope this year is to get that way in over in two hours. Now, we, we've made a couple adjustments, uh, and this is actually what we're going to do. For you guys that are familiar with the way in at Owensboro, when you 
before you get to the stage, you come off a concrete pad. You're about three boats back right there. Right at that point, I'm going to have four of my guys standing there. One of them is going to allow your partner to get in the, in the boat with you. So you and your partner are going to be in the boat. These are all four guys that have boats, that drive trucks, that know what they're doing. They're actually going to drive you through the way, way in. So that way you ain't got to worry about stopping, putting it in park, climbing out, getting up in the boat. Okay, so that's one thing we think will make things faster. My guy drives you through the way in and then he gets out and comes back and goes to another guy. We're, when you're in that line three boats back, we're going to give you two baskets. You put your smaller fish in the one basket. You put your bigger fish in another basket. That way, when you come up to the weigh-in line, to the weigh-in right there, when we're talking about your sponsors, your name, you are completely prepared to get your fish out. There's no digging through the live well, trying to run down those little channel cats, because I know that's tough. And you'll just basically take your two fish out of the basket that you already got them in and hold them up for the crowd like you always did. Get your pictures. But I think if we do all that three boats back, we can gain 30 seconds away in. 30 seconds away in over 120 boats is an hour. Uh, so we, we have definitely come up with some things that we think will get you through that way in faster. And those fish won't be in that live wells long. Okay, uh, for the guys that are going to be uh, throwing sponsored items out into the crowd and all that, do you suggest doing that one boat back before you pull up, or how would you like that handled? You, you can start doing it once you hit that grass. Okay. You could be a couple back, boats back, you throw some out to the crowd, and as you move up, throw some out to the other crowd, and as you get in to the weigh-in spot actually itself, you know, there's – it's a pretty big, long crowd through there, so you'll have plenty of opportunity to hit them all up. Okay. Because I, I know, uh, you know, that took a lot of time, you know, a couple of guys getting out and going down the uh, going down the rail and handing stuff out uh, was taking right. a lot of time last year. Um, and I didn't know if yeah. you had something to cut that back. Yeah, you know, like I said, I, I've watched, a, I've been to some weigh-ins and I've watched a lot of weigh-ins and, and, and what I'm always thinking is, what can I do to, to improve mine? What can I do? Because I know sitting in that line for three, three and a half hours ain't no fun. It's about the worst part of tournament fishing is having to sit in that line all that time. And anything I can do to make the weigh-in go faster it, that that's what's going to happen. I mean, if you want to talk on stage, finish in the money. I'll bring you up. We can talk for 10 minutes if you want to, you know. But we need to get these fish out of the live well. We need to get these fish back in the river for their health and their safety as quick as possible. All right. I think that's about all I got. Um, you got anything for them, Doc? Well, uh yeah, I'm looking at it here on the website. Uh, Scott Wiseman, he says, Aaron, what will keep someone that launches at Rocky Point from pulling out and going to, say, New Albany to fish and then going to the weigh-in at English Park? The polygrapher. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, good call. Uh, okay, so... You had made mention earlier that uh, if people want to lock through, you're going to have lock times. 
yes. at both both Rocky Fork and Newburgh, right? Yes, sir. There, there is a, uh, let's see, Newburgh will be 7 o'clock in the morning and 2 30 in the afternoon. And Candleton will be 7 15 and 2 15. Okay. Now, those are set up lock times, those aren't guaranteed. Uh, right. But we will give you the Lockmaster's phone number as part of the package of stuff we give you. So you can, I've learned from being on the river, the best thing to do before you lock through is call the Lockmaster. Ask him what's going on. That way you're not sitting there for an hour and a half waiting. Just give him a phone call. He'll tell you, you know, I got a guy coming through. It's going to be 35 minutes, you know, or I got a guy or it's wide open. I'll get the gates open for you before you even get here. So you definitely want to stay. If you're going to walk through, we have times, but you definitely want to stay in tune with that lock master because things could change. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could have a bunch of barges show up at all. Yeah. All at one time. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. What I had, uh, Chuck already handled them. So, Lyle, okay. you got anything? I do, actually. Uh, Heath uh, Malone would like to know at the other two boat ramps, will you be taking off in the order of entry, or is it just going to be like a shotgun start? It's going to be a shotgun start at all three boat ramps. Okay. Like I okay. said, I know for sure at English Park, we have a no wake zone. I would say that if you don't want to be in the middle of that big takeoff at Rocky Point, just pull up in the creek, you know, uh, at Angel Mounds, just pull up. If you don't want to be in the middle of all that, just pull over to the bank, you know, just get out of the way because I know it can get crazy. Trust me. I've seen it. Right. Right. But yeah. At I have Owens world, the th- things will, you know, except for everybody leaving at one time, everything else is going to be the same. There's a no wake zone taking off. There's a no wake zone coming in. None of that changes. Right, okay. right. So that would be, you know, pretty self-explanatory. And then, again, what people need to understand is you are going to specifically go over all the rules at the captain's meeting Friday before the tournament. So if, if something comes up and they have questions that they're not getting here or they think about it between now and then, you'll address all of those questions at the captain's meeting, no matter how long it takes, so everybody's clear on what they need to do. Right. The lockmaster will be at my meeting. Uh, the bearded servant goes over all my parking on the big screen. We'll give you all maps of how to do this and how to do that. One thing that we are is we are organized, and as long as everyone plays along with us, this thing will go well. It don't take but a couple, three Joes to break the program to mess everything up. We have a program for a reason. We have maps for a reason. We want you in particular places for a reason because we're trying to make this thing the best, fastest thing out there, you know. And and, and there's, you know, a lot of people have said, well, captain's meetings don't make much sense. When you got 200 boats, I guarantee you a captain's meeting makes a lot of sense. That's it. That's exactly right, Aaron. And and this is your seventh year. You guys have been through all the stuff that don't work. Now it's time to put into effect the stuff that does work, and it does work. This is one of the best-run tournaments ever anywhere in the U.S., and all you got to do is follow directions, and it'll go off just like clockwork, and everything will be great. 
Absolutely. I have an outstanding crew. I have some super smart people that help me. Thank the Lord. And we really, we really work hard to make everything go as smooth as glass. And I know there's hiccups here and there, but this is going on my seventh year. And, and I've never seen a real true complaint about Monsters on the Ohio. And I'm not saying that to be bragging. I'm saying that because that makes us feel good. It's not easy to keep that many people happy. <laughs> and we, we work our tail off to do that. We try to treat everyone the same. We try to do what we would do for Doc Lang, what we do for Lyle Stokes, what we do for newbies to the tournament. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's a great family atmosphere, and I think that's why it's, it's gone over so well. Oh, I, I agree, and and like I say, uh, since the first one that we went to, we've had a great time, and and I told you before the show, just go ahead and put me down because we'll be there next year. You know we're coming. Oh uh, yeah, there ain't oh, no yeah, question I about that for sure. I, I do have a question from Ken Pryor. He had sent me a message before we started the show, and yes, he's concerned about preserving bait in case that the weather does turn around and it gets hot again. Is there any place down there that you know of that has dry ice? Dry ice. Yeah, there's a couple different places that have dry ice. Uh, tell Ken that I will get the names of those places and I'll put them on. Uh, I'll put it on Facebook. I can't I, because I've used dry ice myself before. Uh, so I will get that information on our Facebook page for him. Excellent. Thank you, Aaron. That, that'll work out really good. And, you know, I've taken up dry ice to Colorado. I've not used it on bait, but if you're bringing bait, uh, as far as he is, he's he's north of me quite a little ways, and we're six and a half hours out. So uh, if he's bringing bait with him, that that'd be a great way to preserve it and keep him from having to bring a freezer and different things. And, and right. uh, you know, uh, I, I want to ask you a little something that doesn't pertain to the tournament. It pertains to staying down there. Uh, yes, there was a bunch of guys that took generators to Memphis, and it worked out extremely well. Uh, do you recommend that a few guys bring – generators with them to make sure excuse me to make sure everybody's got electric to charge their batteries with i have no issue with that whatsoever you know uh i know the sleep in has a few electrical outlets uh we just picked up the courtyard marriott today uh they have a few electrical outlets and then at the ramada you can actually run uh power cords from the rooms but i'm telling you right now the ramada is almost out of rooms uh, they kind of didn't hold the rooms for us they were supposed to. So if you're wanting to get at the Ramada at that special rate, you better hurry up and call in. Luckily, the Courtyard Marriott has jumped on board. Uh, that is a really nice hotel for $89 a night. It's a little bit out of the way, but it is a really nice hotel. And they just basically voluntarily jumped on board today. Uh, so, and I needed that, you know, because when you're talking about 200 teams and 85% of them aren't locals. You, you, you've got a whole lot of hotel rooms that you need. To, you need. That, that's 100% correct. And uh, with all the motels uh, of all the, the boaters and the 50 extra that they had in Memphis that they wasn't counting on, uh, with the generators that made it a smooth operation because everybody was plugged into their stuff down there and they had some issues because they weren't expecting that much draw when those things right. was built. But it worked out really well. So my point was if anybody wants to take one, I'm sure that they will be 
welcome because everybody that needs to get charged up needs to get charged up. And if you guys got an extra one, go ahead and take it down. If you don't use it, it ain't no big deal. Right, right. We I have actually talked to the city about uh, making a charging station down in English Park for all the boats, but uh, you're going to have to have someone stand guard because you ain't just going to leave all them boats down there. You know, that's if we ever move out of the Ramada with the exterior rooms, that's something we, we will probably. Uh, are you there, Aaron? Hello. He phased out. He did. Yeah. Well, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he, we lost the feed or what. I don't know. Maybe on his phone or something. But if we lost the feed, it'd be all of us too. So uh, that's. Well, I don't believe that's the the case. Well, but, I meant uh, his feed. Oh yeah, it could be. I, I'm not sure how that works, but uh, you know, we got a lot of good information. Uh, oh, I, I mean, hang on just a second. Maybe it's maybe it's our feed. No, we're good. No, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're good. Okay, good. No, Aaron, he may he may have got a call on his phone or something, and that, that would have could lost be. My that could be. Okay, uh, I do have a question here, and and since Aaron, you know, we might be able to get him back in here. Uh, says how many uh, Trapper two thirty four says how many boats are entered and how many boats was there last year? What did he tell us earlier, Chuck? Uh, but this time last year, I believe he had 130. Uh, this yeah. time last year, I believe. And then uh, 173 was, what was the magic number last year? There he's back. Okay. I'm hey, back. Aaron. Okay, Aaron. Yes. Uh, Tra Trapper234 wants to know, how many boats are entered and how many boats was there last year? Right now... There are 160 boats entered. Last year, there was 182. Like we discussed earlier, there was only 139 boats at the, before the captain's meeting last year. So we brought on 43 boats at the captain's meeting last year, uh, which kind of hurt us. Uh, if you're out there and you're thinking about fishing monsters, go ahead and get entered. It's gonna The weather looks beautiful because what ended up happening last year was we had plans of feeding 300 people, and we ended up – having to feed 400 people and it, we kind of ran short uh, on food and we don't want to do that. We ain't got no problem feeding you. Just let us know you're coming. You know, a uh, hundred person, a hundred people is a lot of people to be adding at the very end. Uh, I don't think that'll happen this year. Uh, if we're at 160 now, uh, I'm getting a lot of phone calls about that 200 vote mark that they want to get in. Uh, so you better go on and get in because I'm telling you, the 200, we're going to get it. We're going to get there, and we may have to turn people away, and, and that's that's no bullcrap. So at, you're, at planning, this point, you're planning cutting them off at 200? At, uh, our, our plan has been since we announced the tournament for this year that our cap is 200 boats. It's been okay. that way since December. Yep. At this point last year, how many boats did you have? About 119, 118. So we're – that's how many yep. was on the shirt. That's wow. that's how many. No, yeah, that's how many was on the shirt. Yes, sir. Wow. So, so we're going to have 140 on the shirt now. 
I got at least 20 teams to add as soon as I get done doing this show that have come in through mail or PayPal. Uh, so we're right at 160 right now, paid, okay. not registered, entered. Um, Aaron, if you get a chance, if you wouldn't mind, I know we got a lot of people sending all of us questions privately and on Catfish Weekly, but if you would go up there when you get that updated and, and post that to our Facebook page, it'd be good because a lot of people see it there, and, and uh, that way they know if they can still get in or not. Hello? We lose him again? Something got happened. A, got another phone call. Yep. He's a busy guy now. I mean, uh, <laughs> we got a big tournament coming up, and he's, a, he's a, the head cheese whiz, so we need to make sure that uh, – and that was one of the deals on getting him on here, and, and uh, we're about done, so we can get him back to his rat killing and all the stuff and taking care of all the people that want to know about that. And, and, uh, as soon as that happens and, uh, we'll get Jim on and uh, hopefully Sheila will join him tonight. It'll be a lot of fun and, and we'll find out about all the stuff that they got going. But, uh, you know, Aaron has got, I've talked to him and sometimes I'll send him a message that I need to visit with him. And, and sometimes he'll get right back with me. And sometimes it takes a little bit because he's that busy and, and people don't understand. Right, and I'll speak for him on this one. That the the captain's meeting is absolutely mandatory. Um, last year, I, I think you were standing there with us. Uh, the Massengales had boat number one <laughs> because they won the year before that. Correct. That's right. And yeah. then they called Aaron, and they told Aaron, they said, "Hey, man, we're running late. We're not going to be able to make the captain's meeting." He said, "Sorry, you're not going to be able to fish." And and you're telling the best cat, the best cat, your best catfish team in the country. You know they're not going to be able to fish because they're running late. I mean it is absolutely mandatory that you're there. And, and you know something of this magnitude, it's got to be that way. And if you set rules. Um, you got to stick with them, and that's one thing I give give him my hands out for. Uh, Aaron takes care of, of the rules. He's got a great rule package in place, and and uh, he makes people stick to it, and that's what you have to do. So it works out really well, and uh, I, I think that it'll be just like all of the rest of them. I think it'll be an outstanding event, and, and I'm excited, and I know you guys are too, and uh, we get things going. Yeah, I mean it, it's a working man's sport. Things are going to happen to where you 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 may be entered and still might not make it. There's always next year, so um, you know rules are rules. He has to go by the rules he set, and uh, you know everybody's going to totally respect him, and that's the way it's going to be. That's exactly right. I think Aaron has probably got knocked off for the evening. I'm going to send this. Uh, I'm going to send this. Uh, link to um, as soon as I get it done here to Jim Sparks and see if we can uh, get him on here. Well, I'm having a little issue with that, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, Claude just asked, did Aaron have enough help at the captain's meeting? If he gets back on uh, asking that. I would say uh, to that, Claude, if you get a chance, just drop him a message, and he will tell you 
uh, if he needs any assistance. I, I, I can't imagine that he would turn down any kind of help um, because we all know how big a deal this is. And, and Aaron's hands-on. You know, we find him throughout the motel parking lots. We find yeah. him throughout every, every – Bass and more. He'll, we'll be over there Thursday doing live shows, so all you guys that want to jump in, come over to Bass and more Thursday afternoon. Doc, Chuck, and I, we're going to be there doing a live show. We do one there every year. It is simply a blast. And uh, I talked to Jim this afternoon. They're trying to get in their new store so we can have everything set up. And it's really, really close to the uh, uh, ramp, so it'll it'll be great. And uh, if we can get uh, if we can get all that lined out, it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, Jim and Sheila work as hard as Aaron do to make sure that we have all the bait and any kind of whatever it is that we need. Uh, if you forget a, a reel, or if you forget a rod, or if you need to buy license, which a lot of us out of staters got to buy license, they got you covered. Uh, they got live bait. They got uh, stuff to, to catch uh, skipjacks and stuff if you're lucky enough to find them. If you forget your cast net, they'll have them there. They'll have rain gear. They'll have all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, you know, that's uh, the kind of place that, that, that we all follow and we need to, to be involved with. And like I say, we'll be over there doing a live show. It'll be outstanding time. It always is. And uh, if you guys want to sit down and visit with us for a little bit, jump on in there. Uh, Cindy will probably be there with her notebook, taking people's names in a, in a kind of an order. And we'll try to run everybody through in five, 10, 15 minutes, how long ever it takes to, to visit with everybody. And, and, uh, uh, we try to do 30 minutes to an hour sessions and then we'll take a break and let that upload before we start the next one. And, uh, I think that works out the best. Don't you guys? Oh yeah, because it's it's really hard to run a one through and then load up several hours worth of them. And besides that, my old tired butt gets sore sitting in them chairs after so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't get sore down in uh, Tennessee though. We had That's a good time down there. Yeah, they were comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We, we had an outstanding time in Memphis. It was really fun, and and uh, we're but you know. Seven years of Monsters on the Ohio. Everybody looks forward to going down there. It's a huge deal. Uh, Aaron Aaron is convinced he's got 200 boats going to be there. I'm pretty sure he probably has got it figured out pretty close to that. So if you haven't got your entry in, the cutoff is 200. If you want to fish that tournament, you better be getting that entry on in there because if, if once that number reaches 200, there's be no more entries in Monsters on the Ohio for 2016. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, you know, get on in there. It's going to be a huge, huge thing. Uh, you know, Claude Reynolds just made a post that he's got a big generator. I know Ken Pryor told me today he was bringing his generator. Uh, it is just going to be lots of fun, and, and there's no reason. Uh, we took our generator to Memphis and never unloaded it out of the boat, you know, but uh, that happens, and if, if uh, I'm not going to take one because Ken's taking one, Claude's taking one, you surely one of them guys won't shun me completely, and I'll be able to, to charge up. But uh, generators, when you're talking about 150, 200 boats in a tournament, uh, I can't think of a motel anywhere that'll have enough outlets to do 50, 60, 70, 100 boats. Uh, 
so somebody needs to step up and bring some of them. Uh, it doesn't really matter because there's going to be generators running. So if you can't sleep on the cow of the noise, it's going to be a too bad kind of deal because everybody's got to have them boats charged up. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad at Tennessee. You know, they had generators yeah. running. It wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. And last year, um, you know, me and Kittner, we had our extension cord damaged at the hotel. Um, you know, we, we was leaving Bassmore. We was supposed to go buy one at Walmart. Jim Sparks says, boys, go get that one out of the bed of my truck. Just bring it back to me before y'all leave. Yeah. See, that's a heck of a deal. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, you can't meet no better people than that. And, uh, you know, we took care of it. Jason took it back down that <laughs> Sunday morning before he left town. And I mean, everything was good. Um, yeah, they're just good people. Everybody's good. just out to help everybody out, and you can't um, you can't be in no better environment. Oh, that's right. You know, and and uh, you know, there'll be a lot of stuff going on besides the tournament. Everybody will be pre-fishing the day of tournament. We'll be doing the show, but at night, everybody's standing around outside and they're shooting the breeze and they're having a good time and and uh, drinking a little adult beverages or so and. Uh, it's just as good a time as you can have fishing tournaments. Uh, I, I just, you know, I can't, it, it's hard to explain that, uh, if you haven't done it before, or if you haven't been to Monsters on the Ohio, what, what it is, I mean, you gotta be there. You got to, you got to experience it to understand the time we have and, and, uh, it's just a blast. It really is. And uh, last year, boys, there was some giant fish caught for the Ohio River turned in. Yeah. Yep. I I know Sam Brooks caught a pig, and and Larry caught a, a stud, and and uh, there was just some really really good fish turned in. And uh, I, I'm curious to see how the trailering works. I I know that. Uh, and everybody knows that I'm not a fan of that. But when you get to the point of 200 boats, uh, Owensboro has got a great facility to launch out of. Um, I would think the biggest concern they would have there would be parking uh, 200 boats and trailer or trucks and trailers. Uh, but and the water once you you know you get a what was it, 182 184 launched out of there last year. And yeah. uh, that water's got to be tore up for an hour and a half, two hours after that. It's got to be. Yeah. The only the only thing with the shotgun start, and, and and this is for the listeners out there, if you haven't ever been involved in one, what you want to do is if, if you're going to go downriver, have your boat pointed that way. If you're going upriver, have your boat pointed that way. But it, it just seems like each time there's a shotgun start, somebody in the middle gets kind of confused of which way they're they're going to go, and yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's you, you know you want to safely, you know, at least they got that idle zone that you have to respect, and then once you get out of that, then you can hammer it down and go. Well, and, and that's right, and and uh, if you're in a smaller boat and you're concerned about the safety. Then let them other guys to them big boats go, or get off to the side over near the bank, uh, and, and just stay out of the way. Uh, we yeah. don't want anybody getting hurt down there. That's that's is something no. uh, that's extremely important. That this everybody is, has a safe and fun experience down there, and 
and that's what we're doing. Jim and Sheila has run into some difficulties. They just sent me a message. They're trying to get everything going down there. Uh, she thinks she's about got it, so they'll be on here with us in just a few minutes if everything goes right. So uh, uh, we've we've covered a lot of this stuff with Aaron. We get Jim yeah. here, and we find out uh, that he's got all the bait and stuff, and I know he's he's already been planning this all year. He's like everybody else. He's got to get it going, and uh, that, that's, that's what it takes. Uh, to make something this big uh, happen, it, it just takes a lot of planning, and uh, they, they've been doing it, you know. And Jim and Sheila and Brandon are moving in their new building, and if I understood him correctly, that's a couple of blocks or so from the boat ramp. So uh, if you forget something, I know he's really good about going down there late and getting stuff, uh, meeting you uh at different times of day and night. I'm sure they'll open up early, stay late. Uh, I know that he's getting a bunch of bait from Carl, so he'll have plenty of skipjack for you. In the past year, they've had some huge goldfish, some of the biggest goldfish I've ever seen in my life. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and, and all kinds of other stuff. And, and they brought rain gear in when it was going to rain one year. So th they'll take care of us. Chuck, are, are you bringing uh, are you bringing bait with you from uh, Alabama? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Um, I've got a few frozen, which isn't very very fresh. You know, it's a, a couple of months old. I'm gonna try to go. You know, uh, a day or two before I head out, and uh, you know, just try to get me some good some good stuff on ice, and um, you know, then just have it for reserve and concentrate really hard on trying to get some while I'm up there. Cause I think fresh, fresh baits really, really, really key for this tournament. Doc yeah. was telling me this afternoon that we needed to find a place where we could pick us up some hot dogs and cheese whiz, uh, because he really thought that that's probably what we was going to be catching the biggest part of our fish on. <laughs> yeah. Big fish like us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I got them Vienna sausages that'll be in the boat. I guess if we, <laughs> yeah. run of, if we run out of skipjack, we can try some of them babies on. I'm not sure if they'd like the smoke flavor or just the original, but um, you know, you never know. I'm liable to have both. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you broke out there in Tennessee, but yeah. And I go through them babies. Uh, you know, I've actually. Uh, you guys may or may not know J.D. Richardson is a really good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, J.D., uh, you know, he's like, will pull up beside me in a tournament or something. He says, don't be some of them some Vienna sausages, you know. he's <laughs> You got to feed him, man. It's like uh, Big Dave Ashby, uh, Mongo Hungry. He's got to feed that, that thing. So that's the way it works. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. What what do you like in there, uh, Chuck? From from being ready to take off and head to uh, Owen's Pearl? Uh, I'm I'm about ready. I mean, I could be ready in a day. Um, you know, I just got to get this uh, work week done. Try to get my equipment at work. Um, you know, good enough where they won't be calling me every ten minutes and uh, you know running my trip. Um, you know, right. we don't, we don't operate on Saturday, so. I don't see them, uh, you know, hurting my tournament 
like they do on two-day tournaments. But, you know, you know, during the week, you know, if everything's not running right, they, they'll drive me crazy. Yeah. But I, I'm about ready. Um, just got to save up another paycheck, and I'm good. I understand about that. I understand about that. <laughs> we get down there and do our, our stuff. Uh, like I was saying earlier, we'll get set up in, in the, hopefully Jim and Sheila will be in their new new store, and we'll get set up in Thursday afternoon, do our live show. And uh, anybody that wants to do that, you know, Jim has notoriously stayed however late it takes to do that. So if you guys want to set in for a session with Catfish Weekly, uh, come on down, and uh, Cindy will be sitting there with the notebook, and she'll get everybody in the order uh, of which we're going to take uh, interviews, and, and you can just sit down in there. We've had some really big guys come in down there, and, and uh, you know, I know that uh, Steve Douglas is going to be there. Uh, i seen a video where he had announced an all-woman team, and uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm kind of anxious. I think Steve will bring those girls over there, and we'll get them. Uh, maybe in the uh, in the thing, uh, do an interview with them, and and uh, that should be awesome. Yeah, I've been conversing with a a guy that's on here, Trapper Two Thirty Four. He's coming. Uh, he said, "I'm coming from Wisconsin. He coming. This is going to be his first time at the Monsters, and he's coming from Wisconsin to fish the tournament." Cool. I'm not sure who that is, but I'm sure we'll get to meet him, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I know uh, Jerry, I can't pronounce his last name, had come from Madison a few years ago and fished down here. Uh, I would love to, for Jerry to come down and experience this. It's such a great event, and, uh, uh, man, they got the biggest channel cat up there you've ever seen. Just, it's unbelievable. So good. I mean, you guys go ahead. I'm going to try to see if I can help them get this lined out here right quick. All right. Well, while we're doing that, I'm going to uh, – I fished a series this uh, past weekend called the Cat Cat Chaser Series uh, Championships, and uh, it's run by Dana and Tina Jackson, and they're here in Ohio. And uh, they had their year-end championship, and it was a good – I mean, they fished a lake called Rocky Fork lake it's in uh, hillsborough ohio it's well known for having 14 to 20 pound channel cats in it and uh, the first place uh, on that tournament was eric brammer and jack creed they had 52.15 pounds and only two of those channels could be over uh 28 inches so man they they had some they had some nice fish the second place guy, James Westney and Craig Shirley, they had 52 pounds. So, uh, you know, they had they had some really big fish, those two top places. Chad Adcock, Chris Bonetta had 42.11 pounds. That was third. And Dana and Tina Jackson was in fourth with 41.2 pounds. A well-run tournament. These guys, uh, I have a lot of respect for them because uh, – they do a great job keeping keeping their fish. Uh, channel cats are a little bit uh, tough. Uh, you know, if you're not using oxygen on them, they're a little bit tough to uh, 
keep in a live well uh, because they they just you know they just they're notorious for flying all over the inside of a live well. But uh, these guys, uh, you know, we we put those fish back in the lake and they all just swam away. And I know they were all real good, but uh, hats off to those guides with that tournament series. I really enjoyed it this year. That sounds like a great time, Doc. Yep. Well, they, they're really struggling. They think they've about got it, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get them on here in a little bit. If not, I'll send some links out to Matt Marshall and, and uh, uh, Justin Wolf. I mean, Justin and them had a heck of a day, and I and we would need to get them on here and visit about catching that fish they caught down there. It's just a stud. I mean, uh, 103 pounds in a tournament. Uh, so as long as we've been doing Catfish Weekly, to my knowledge, that's the biggest fish ever been caught in a tournament since we've been doing the show, and uh, I, I'd really like to get them on here. But they got a really cool story to tell about it, and I, I just think it would be a good time. It has cooled down here in Ohio. Is it cooling down at your place down there, Chuck? Uh, it's starting to cool down right before I uh, signed on. Uh, the I think the front is coming over right now. Oh, okay. So it yeah, should be cool get... when I wake up in the morning. Hopefully it'll be in the 60s. Yeah, that's what it is. We haven't, we haven't had 60s. Uh, this is at night now. We haven't yeah. had 60s at night in forever. How, how do you guys think that it's going to, uh, this cool down, water temperature's been around the 80-ish mark in our uh, line of, of uh, the United States, you know, latitude or whatever it is. And uh, how do you think that that's going to affect the, uh, the fishing down in Owensboro? Uh, as, as I think as long as the, the pressure and the systems, uh, you know, get stable, you know, no ups and downs, up and downs, up and downs, is, you know, but if it's going to do what it's going to do and stay that way and get stable, the fishing is going to be really good. Well, you know, and, and I think two or three days of it cooling off, they'll get adjusted to it and, and uh, go from there. Uh, I'm going to send out a couple of uh, invites and see if we can get Justin in here while we're waiting on Jim. And uh, maybe we can get Jim and Sheila get their stuff lined out uh, and we can get them on here in a little bit. We can always do them next week uh, if we have to. So we're, we get everything lined up. Hey, Lyle, uh, Trapper234 just sent me a thing saying he met you and I in Memphis but never got to see Chuck. Okay, cool. So, Good deal. Well, you know, that was a crazy time down there. We was at twice down there at the, uh, at, uh, the pyramid, and, and we met a lot of people, and – and yeah. pictures and all kinds of stuff and, and and you know 
people need to understand we're just fishermen. You know, th this show is just a fun thing for us. We're, we're not, uh, don't consider ourselves celebrities or anything. So that stuff kind of overwhelms us a little bit, but, uh, it's it's a lot of fun and and uh, we enjoy doing the uh, the live shows and and different things. So uh, uh, everybody just needs to come down and, and have the amount of fun with them that we do and and uh, enjoy Owensboro. That's a beautiful facility they got down there. Yeah, and and they, and they really support this tournament. They, they do. You know, the 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 whole town gets behind them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we can get stuff lined out and uh, get these guys on here in a minute. Hang on. I got to. But they, they work really hard. And, and like I say, uh, we get down there. You're liable to see Aaron Wheatley. Every, every year that I've been down there, He's on a ladder as you pull through the line, checking the live wells. Uh, he's a hands-on guy, and and uh, he's got some of the greatest help that, that helps him pull that off that there ever was. And uh, you, you can't do it without it. You just you just can't. So yeah. uh, I'm not sure where these other guys are. Uh, they should be trying to jump in here. I know Justin's seen his, and – and uh, Matt's seen his, so maybe they'll get in here in a minute and and uh, we'll get going. What do you guys think it's going to take to win Monsters this year as far as weight goes? Oh, man. I don't know. 140? What won it last year? What did Larry have last year? You remember? 127, no, I, I think. 127? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. One twenty-seven. That's the that rings the bell for some reason. I think it was in the upper one twenties. I want to say or low one thirties. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that it's it'll take over one thirty uh, with what they weighed in last year compared to the years before. One uh, thirties would be. I'd be happy with a one thirty weigh in. Yeah, there's Matt. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Going good. Congratulations on a uh, good win down in St. Louis uh, Saturday. That's an outstanding day. It was a good day, but I could have done it without Justin. You, you could have done it <laughs> without him? No. No, he's Justin's a heck of a fisherman. You know, we're very happy to – to have him affiliated with the rod company and, and uh, to be on the show with us a few times. And he always shows up down at different uh, uh, events that we go to and uh, just a really good guy. And like I say, he puts in some great fish. He puts a lot of time in on the water finding them babies too. Oh, yeah. I know he told me he was out all the week before. Searching <laughs> for him, so. You know, He's, he is very knowledgeable about helping you with your bumping situation, isn't he? Yes, he helped me out a lot. I wasn't familiar with it. I wasn't too thrilled to use it in tournaments until he showed me, and then I was fine with it. 
Well, he's been doing it a long time, and, and he has a great place. St. Louis is one of the greatest places to drift for catfish that there is because, and, and I say that uh, because of the um, the barge traffic, which you really have to watch all that barge traffic, but that keeps the commercial guys pretty much out of that area because they don't lose their equipment, and there's a lot of fish in those areas, but uh, barge traffic is something that you have to, to watch, but uh, there's a lot of fish caught down there uh, drifting for catfish. Yeah, I know Justin was saying he never had a barge honk at him until during that tournament one come up and started honking at us. <laughs> Try to get you to move out. out a little way, huh? Yeah, we weren't. They were still a little ways down, but he was already working on getting out of their way. So. Hmm. Uh, Chuck, you got any questions to, or anything to visit with Matt about while we're waiting on the rest of these guys to get in? Uh, let me see. Something that won't uh, run the questions for Jason. Uh, did did y'all bounce all day from the yes. time y'all did? So y'all y'all make a run upriver and y'all bounced your way back. Is that how y'all did it? Yes, we basically ran to the dam and – just kept working around below the dam up at Alton all day. Okay. Do you oh, think he was hung up on something? When it, when the big one hit, did he did he think he was hung or? He didn't know what it was at first. He was he just said something grabbed it. He waited a minute because <laughs> he was like a ghost bite for him. It, he didn't know what it was, and then all of a sudden he started to reel on it, and he felt the tension of it, and then it just took off from there. So, okay, so it, it it didn't just sit on the bottom. It took off. It sat there for a little bit. I mean, then when he started getting it closer, that's when it started taking off a little bit and then just trying to stick to the bottom. It did not want to come up for a while. Okay, one of the guys just posted on uh, YouTube. He said, how fast were you drifting? I want to say we are drifting between .5 and point eight. Okay, so how? What was the current like up there, St. Louis? Was it cranking? Or? It was cranking. I think there's actually no. We were going between one point five and one point eight. Okay. So, yeah. So we, you were cut. You probably had three mile an hour current in the yeah. start one. Yeah. Good deal. That one come from dirty, dirty or catfishing. <laughs> Different well, name. When you guys was was down there on them fish, uh, I know that Justin had been after them looking for fish for a while. But uh, did you know that there was a fish of that uh, magnitude down there? No, we did not. Okay, I didn't. You know, I know uh, a few years ago when Justin was actually running tournaments, uh, which he was very successful with. Uh, Jason Jackson and Ryan Casey caught one down there that was 105, I believe, uh, which is, is a stud in itself. Uh, in fact, it's just a pig. But uh, that place is known for them big fish. I mean, it, they're, they're just down there. Uh, what The year that Jason caught them, if I remember correctly, there were 600-pound fish caught in the St. Louis area down there that year. Uh, 
and I don't know any place else that's ever done that. I mean, six six of those giants. Uh, it's just unbelievable. But the bite was tough for you guys, wasn't it? I think it was pretty tough for everybody down there Saturday. Yes, from it was tough for us, and I know we talked to a lot of them, and they said it was tough too. Yeah. I think, was it 10 boats didn't weigh a fish? There was how many? 10 boats out of 31 that did not weigh a fish. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty tough. And, and there's always a lot of fish down there, so uh, that, that is, that's pretty unusual, I would have to think. One of the guys just posted on here, Danny Cow, says, a guy I know caught an 88-pounder off the bank right below the dam on September 6th. In St. Louis? Yeah. Wow. I think Justin told me the day of the tournament, there was like, he was made number three for a 100-pound caught in that area in September so far. What was that? I think Justin was telling me the day of the tournament when he caught his, there was three hundred pound fish caught in September now. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, I don't know how close of all of them was. You, that, that thing has got everything that you want for putting big fish in a boat. You've got, um, you've got the, uh, the dam there at Alton, which is just up from the confluence. You've got the confluence where the Mississippi or the Missouri runs into the Mississippi. And then below that, you've got the, the chain of rocks, which is something that you people really need to be, uh, uh, working or watching out for. Um, and then the other dam or, or the other, uh, where you lock through to, uh, to get the, the barges through and then once you get past that uh there is no other uh dams on down the rest of the way yeah hmm. what were what were you guys using for bait skipjack okay we're using the midsection took a midsection wow i know he tried moon eye and I don't think we ever got a hit on Moon Eye, and we just stayed with Skipjack, and that's what we kept getting our bites on. They're a soft bite. When, as soon as you try to reel down on some, they just they weren't there. So they weren't they weren't slamming the baits. They were just mouthing them and just easing. Yep, they're just setting them in their mouth, and when we or when I reeled down a couple times on a couple, they just pulled it right out. It was too soon, and. Hmm. Is wow. Casey sitting there with you, Matt? Yes, he's sitting right next to me. Casey, how come you didn't catch that big fish? Yeah, I wish I could have. <laughs> <laughs> but it weighed as much as I do, so that was yeah. real in. <laughs> how excited did you get when, when you guys got that thing in the boat? Well, I was trying to videotape, and my phone's memory was full. <laughs> so I didn't get the, the videotape, so I was trying to delete stuff so I could get a video of it, <laughs> and I was just chaotic, and then it was just exciting, like, crazy mess, really. <laughs> <clears throat> how, um, how excited was Justin during this whole process? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he, when he felt the weight of that on the other end, he's like, it's big. And when we got it up the first time, 
we'd seen how big it was, and then he was just struggling everything. So, I'll and there him, he is. And I'll let him finish telling him what his excitement was about it. All right, Justin Wolf, glad to have you. I see you finally got in here. I'm here. Dude? <laughs> I had to go a different route. I am so glad if anybody ever deserved to be a member of the 100 pound club, it, it has to be you. you. You've earned that. You fish so much and and run tournaments so long and do so much for the sport. I'm very happy to see you catch that fish. And uh, I know that, that uh, Casey and Matt was thrilled to be in the boat with you. And uh, you before I let Chuck and, and Doc visit with you, I want you to tell us this story about getting this fish in the boat because, oh. I, you know, when you told me about it, I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. <laughs> no, it uh, – can, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we were just bouncing along. We, we bouncing baits down the river, and uh, I just felt one disappear. You know, I, I got pretty much a ghost bite, and you, you usually when you lose the bottom, you got a big fish, or you know he's pushing it up, or he's coming to you, or running side to side. And so I just kind of I told Matt, I said I got a bite, and I I reeled down a little bit, let and he was kind of they weren't really aggressive that, that last Saturday, so uh, I was letting them kind of inhale it, I guess, before I set the hook on them, and. Uh, I kind of fed it to him, and it was staying. It was a tight line on. He was running a little line up off my spool, and I reeled down about one o'clock there and let him have it. Tried to cross his eyes like what I like to do, and um, you know it was a solid fish. I didn't think it was that big. I'm like, well, that's probably at least a 50 pounder. You know, I'm, that's something solid there. It's a good fish. Well, I turned the trolling motor off and started chasing after him. You know, get the boat on over the top of him, and. Uh, we were up and down, and Matt goes, uh, you about ready? I said, this fish hadn't came off the bottom of the river yet, Matt. So uh, there we were up and down with him. And this is probably, what, 10 minutes into it. And I, I just held real tight on him and uh, decided, you know, I'll, I'll start pulling on this fish and see what we got. And I started pulling up, and that rod started buckling over. And I said, Matt, I've never seen this rod buckle over like this before. I said, this is at least 80. I caught a couple 80. I said, this guy at least be 80. And he still wouldn't come off the bottom. So we're, we're drifting down the river. We're just kind of swimming. He's swimming with us, I guess. He may be holding us there. I never did go back and look at my chart to see if we actually stopped. But uh, I pulled up some more, and he just wasn't ready to come. And uh, just I, I got down and reeled down on him. And I said, I'm going to pull up one more time. And I pulled up, and he kind of just lifted up. And I said, here we go. I'm not going to let him go back down. So I just kind of got down on my knees like almost catcher squat and would just crank down and pull up and crank down and pull up. And he was coming up and coming up and coming up and fighting at the same time. I mean, the rod couldn't have been any more than that rod could have been. And uh, we got him up and we seen his tail. And I, I guess was just a little bit excitement. I said, get him. And he wasn't no, no ready. He wasn't ready to get it all. And I, I said, I shouldn't have told you that, Matt. And he got the net out of the way. And, but when we see this tail, I'm up by the shifter in the boat alongside my seat. And that tail was out the back of the boat. I said, that fish is long. So I'm not sure what we had. And we kind of got him up and seen his head, but we didn't see any of the girth and the, and, you know, the width that he had underneath him. Well, I pulled up one more time, and it came up. And the reel separated, 
on the real seat. I don't know if you can see this. This is a, this is a oh, 66. Uh, yeah, it's a 6600 <laughs> Garcia. Now they, I've had these a long time, so I don't know if it was a just for its time to break or what. But it's the two wells broke. So I'm watching that. I I jammed the rod in my waist, and I grabbed the reel before it hits the bottom of the floor of the boat. I got the, now. Now you got a picture. Of it. I got the reel in one hand. I got the rod in the other hand. It's like a yo-yo thing going on. I'm, I'm pulling up and pulling down on the reel. I'm my own drag system right now. Might as well have been hand lighting, I guess. <laughs> so, so what I tried to do, I was trying to keep the reel real tight when I was pulling up and trying to wrap the slack, the tight slack that I had. It wasn't slack. It was just tight, and I was trying to wrap it around the reel to, to gain on it. I just pulled it down. I said, Matt, get ready, because it only went down about five foot. And I just pulled up as hard as I could. I don't know how I didn't break a line or break anything else. And he just kind of surfaced up, you know, just perfect. And I seen Matt was ready with the net back there, and I just we just let it go, and it went right in the net like it was supposed to. And he pulled that thing over top of that gunnel and laid it on that back deck. And I said, I just paused. I was like, I, I don't even know. I said, it's 90 plus. That's all I can guess. I said, it might be 100. It might not. So, and there we were. We're like, get the live well ready. There ain't nothing else we can do right now. <laughs> and you guys put this in the boat pretty early in the day, right? It was probably between 9 and 10. I never even did go back to check the time on that to see what time it was. <laughs> oh, was, it, was anybody nearby? Did they see there you? Was, bring there it? was boats all around us. There was actually one guy running by us. He probably thought we was hung up, I guess. I really thought a couple of boats were going to stop to just watch us land this fish. You know, we didn't know how big it was at the time. Yeah. There was, there was five or six boats uh, just down the river from us. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, Doc, you got any questions for, for Justin and, and uh, Matt and Casey? No, that, that was, that, that's a pretty good story. I, I could just, I could see you doing what you were doing. That's the second time that's happened to him, man. Uh, that reel I broke, I, I was in a grafting turn earlier this year, and I set the hook on a 27-pound blue and did the same thing. But luckily, my dad and brother were both there. I'm holding the rod. My brother was reeling, and my dad had to net the fish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I, I'm just glad I didn't freak out. You know, I guess with, with experience, you, you stay calm. I don't know. But I, it, it's just like it was, I, yeah, well, my reel's broke. We'll just... Plan, plan B. <laughs> Get him, uh, I mean, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> right? Yeah, just keep a cool head, and evidently you did that. That's great. Oh, man. Hey, uh, uh, I got a question here uh, from Dirty or Catfishing. How deep were you fishing? Bumping the ledge, the middle of the channel, or the current scene? I'd say we was running the gut. That water was probably anywhere between 40 and 50 feet, I guess. Somewhere in that range, if I remember right. Okay. But you were in the middle, middle of the dam? Yeah, we'd blow out the dam. What happened is those fish, oh, the week before the tournament, the bite was excellent. Um, they had the gates in the water about halfway down. And, the, well, it was still hot then, but the water temperature has been about 75. And uh, the fish were starting to stack up behind the dam. I heard, you know, all numerous reports of guys catching good fish, just out fun fishing. Um, 
the gates came up, I think Saturday, the, the Saturday before the tournament that evening. And they were, I went out the Sunday before and they were out of the water and it was free flowing river and it changed, it just scattered the fish and they, they just never recovered. And we went into a hot, dry, high pressure system almost every day. It seemed like you get a little bit of clouds rolling in the afternoon, but it wasn't a cloud in the sky every morning. And it just scattered the fish, and it just seemed like, you know, everybody was, it was a rough tournament. I think 84 pounds was second place with a 44 being big fish. And I, he kept relaying me, uh, you know, who was weighing in. We kind of sandbagged a little bit, of course. <laughs> trying to be last. Really? I can't imagine you doing that. Right. Why would we do that, right? Uh, but he was relaying. He called me and said, hey, you know, 44 pounds is big fish, 80-something in second place. You know, and I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm, I'm going, he's like, you're one fish going to win this thing. I say, you know what? I said, that's impossible. And I kept telling him all day. I said, we're going to need that third fish. We only weighed in two fish. I said, we're going to need that third fish. I lost one early in the morning. He had a bite. We, we probably only had six, seven bites all day that we really, you know, that we felt anyways. And, and this is the reason why uh, a three fish limit is so important. How big a live well do you have in your boat, Justin? That's, that should be an 80-gallon in the Brocat. Now, how how much extra room did you have when you put a hundred pound fish in that eighty gallon? I had I had plenty. I probably could have got, you know, we probably would have had played puzzle with them, but you know, tail to head to tail or whatever back and forth and, and got them. I probably could have put another, if it happened, another seventy seventy pound fish in there with no problem and, and you know some smaller ones. But but a five fish limit in, even in that big of a live well is a load. Yeah, it is. Oh, if I had fished with that 100-pounder in there, it had been tight. Yeah. It definitely would have been tight. If I would have stumbled into, say, another 50 at a, at a 60 or something like that, it had been tight in there. It had been real tight. Yeah, those, and that's why I've, I've always pushed for a three-fish limit. Uh, I know with the, the areas that have the two over 34 or two over 35 that, that they might be able to get away with that, but uh, we don't. We're not fortunate enough in Missouri and Illinois to have those regulations, so uh, it's extremely important, uh, a three-fish limit where, you know, it's like, you know, I've told this story, and you was there when Danny Southland caught 195.2 pounds on three fish uh, down in the same places that we're talking about fishing, and, and I don't know anywhere else that's ever done anything reasonably close to that, and, and you got to have a quality live well, and you got to babysit them things. You just have to. Yeah, pretty much. You know, we, we pop a lid open, make sure he was doing all right. You know that he had such a girth of a belly on him that he, he wouldn't set up right. He let, she let, well, she or he or whatever, laid, when to lay on her side about maybe a half hour into it, she just felt more comfortable to lay on her side. Casey, did you get any pictures taken with you holding that fish or would it just covered you up where they couldn't have seen you? Oh, man. Like I said, it weighed about as much as I did. <laughs> I was almost scared to go near it. <laughs> we can't repeat her words. Really? <laughs> we can't repeat her words when that fish came in the boat. <laughs> I know you guys had to have a blast with that thing, and, and uh, Matt and Casey have been fishing a lot uh, up north there in northern Missouri and Iowa and in Illinois this year, and they've been doing very well. They haven't been doing tournaments nearly as long as some of us have been, but they've been very successful. And Casey, if I understand correctly, you are the Twisted Cat Outdoor Lady Angler of the Year now? Yes, I am. 
and congratulations on that. That's quite Thank a feat. It, it is. That's it's, it's um. It's something that that has been put in place with that uh, tournament series years ago, and and uh, we're very proud of it and very happy that you won that. And and uh, I know Matt is a big part of that. You guys fished a couple of tournaments with Justin, and and uh, I think it was a done deal probably before this tournament. But to be in the boat when, with a hundred pound fish, and I can imagine the excitement all of you guys had. Yeah, everybody's telling me I can retire now. Oh no! Is that how it works? <laughs> no, there's 110 out there someplace for you. Everything's for sale. I'm all done, right? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> well, from what I've been told, I'm only one of four people that's caught a hundred pound fish in a tournament. Wow! I believe, I believe it's me, me, Phil King, Kerry Winchester, and Jason Jackson. Uh, yeah, it was, was Kerry the one who was fishing with Harold Dodd? Yeah. Yes, yes yeah. sir. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I, I, as far as I know, that's correct, Justin. And, yeah. and Two of them were caught on the same weekend. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty good company right there, right. I'll have to tell you. Yep, one was caught on Saturday, the other one was caught on Sunday. Well, I'm, you know, I got thinking about the odds. I said, what are the odds you, that, first you got to think, how many waters in the United States hold 100-pound catfish? I think maybe four or five, you know, areas where rivers. And uh, and then how many big tournaments or just a tournament in general? You might have two times a year that you get a chance to do that in a tournament sometimes on, on them bodies of water. That's right. That's just the crazy, crazy odds for it to even happen. It is, and, and uh, like I say, we're very happy that you happen to be the guy that getting it, and, and congratulations to the three of you on the win in that tournament. That was a, a really great feat, just winning the tournament, but uh, the bonus with that fish, and, and uh, I, I would, I wish Casey's phone wouldn't have been full or memory full so we could have seen that because I can just, I can only imagine the look on Matt's face when he's stuck <laughs> that net around that pig, you know. That's just got to be something to go crazy about. The dead to me, side, I'd have been, the dead was side, it? <laughs> when he picked the fish up and put it on the back live well, there was it was just a pause, you know, a dead silence in the boat for a minute. We're just looking at it. <laughs> I, oh, man, oh, definitely, man. Definitely a different kind of day, Lyle. There's no doubt. Oh, I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure. And. I'm very proud of you, Justin. You guys done really good. And, and uh, you know, what was it, Matt, two, three years ago when, when we met you guys fishing up there uh, in uh, Warsaw or Canton or wherever it was? Canton. It was uh, last year. Last year, uh, you guys have really cranked it up and, and been very competitive in a short period of time. And, and I'm so happy for you and Casey and – uh, you know, we're, we're very partial to man and woman teams and guys that take w their wives fishing and, and uh, kids fishing and stuff. And, and uh, you guys fish a lot together. And uh, it's just outstanding to be fishing tournaments two years in case he pull off that win. So uh, I guess you'll be looking for the other one next year. I hope so. I was like, I can't do it without my original partner, Danny. I mean, he's helped out a lot this year with some of his tricks that he knows and then fishing with Jeff right. helping me out too. It's, I couldn't have done it without those two. 
Oh, I'm sure you're right. And, and, and that's, that's how you get that experience is with guys that, that do it all the time. And, and I know Justin's been doing that bouncing thing for a long time. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, he, he, he's put me out of, out of big fish a couple of times down there in the St. Louis tournaments and, and, uh, you know, he's always in contention, and, and there's a lot of – there's some of the toughest fishermen there is, is comes from down there. So, if you can win a tournament in St. Louis, you can compete with anybody. Yeah, it's like – He bounced, he bounced it right in his mouth. <laughs> bounced it right in his mouth. Yeah. I bet he was just laying there facing the current with his mouth open, waiting on stuff to float in it, and he just bounced it right in there. Nice. It, it almost felt like <laughs> I was just minding my own business out the back of that boat, and all of a sudden, it's just gone. It's just gone. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, usually, you feel a good, you know, like a thump or a, or a boom, boom, boom. This was yeah. just, it was a good, I mean, the biggest ghost bite I guess I ever had in my life. I had one of those in Tennessee, and he about took the rod out of my hand. Yeah. It's usually them big ones that do that ghost bite because they're pushing it up. You see that a lot on dead sticks. If you see the rod come up instead of go down, it's usually a bigger yeah. fish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's when I've seen it a lot. Yeah, you'll see that line go slack. And you right. look over, and now I've learned to grab the rod and just start reeling down right. on it real yeah, quick. Yeah, reel down as far as fast as you can on it. Yeah. Sometimes as fast as you can, sometimes it's not fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was asking them guys, I said, how do y'all dead stick in this heavy current on the Mississippi River? They said, we hang 24 ounces on there and try to get them to go straight down. The rod tip goes in the water. And they said, if, I, if you see that rod tip come out of the water, you know you got a fish. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm like, that's the opposite of what I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> We, we used to do that up at the dam, at, well, at the Alton Dam when I was a lot younger, when the line used to be a lot closer, we'd cast reverse into the gates off the front rod holders, and you'd crank it down like downriggers almost. As soon as you seen that, the rod would be, you know, cranked over, and if, you, if it released, that means the fish got it out, and you better start reeling because he's heading downriver and probably done past you. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations, Justin, and and Matt and Casey, uh, I, we're so happy that you guys caught not only caught that fish but won that tournament down there, and and uh, it was a great day. And we have enjoyed visiting with you guys. And and uh, I don't know. I know Justin told me he didn't think he was going to monsters. I don't know. You guys are are you planning to go down there, uh, Matt? No, we have a celebration of life uh, the day of it. Okay, that so. that's cool. That's cool. Oh, yeah, Justin, are, are you are you planning on getting a replica made of this girl? Oh, maybe one day. We, You know, we didn't take any measurements off of it. It all had to be, I guess, off, uh, off whatever. We, we were – I just wanted to get it weighed. We, we actually put the boat back in the water and took it out to the Miller River, and I wanted to make sure it got off, you know, weighed. I didn't want to keep any more out of the water than we had to. You know, I – I got it. I got it in my mind. I know what it is. I know them replicas can be pretty expensive, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of guys, they will not get a replica. Um, you know, Johnny Summers, he had a replica made. Uh, they sent him one, and when he got it, he said it wasn't close enough that it was okay. Um, he said, I want, if I'm going to have a replica, I want it to be the real thing. Right. And, and sent it back. So, 
you know, guys, if they don't have the exact true measurements, they just won't get one. Yeah, you know, I've never been a big guy hanging stuff on the wall. I, I've duck hunted my whole life, and I got one mount on the wall, and it's not even mine. So that, you know, I've, I got it in my head. Enough people seeing it, I got pictures. I'll probably get a big poster or something made of it, something like that. Get a big picture. Oh, yeah, that's it framed. It's truly a fish of a lifetime. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, guys, I'm glad everything held up. Yeah, me too. I'm really <laughs> glad. <laughs> Except that rail. Except the rail. I didn't have any knots break, though, so I'm confident my knots again. Yeah, I'd, I'd send that sucker back to Pure Fishing and say, hey, what y'all going to do about this? This is the second time you've about caused me to lose a trophy. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't made that call yet, but it, it's coming. <laughs> I, I would man that i mean that's if that weld's breaking that's they gotta do something about it man because that's they're gonna lose right. a lot of business right i mean it was a lot of dead weight we were pulling up but you know the drag was slipping out when i was pulling it up i was gaining on a fish but i still had drag slippage so it wasn't like it was locked down yeah yeah wasn't like you was using a cane pole right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, guys, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. We're going to cut you loose. I know everybody's wanting to see the, the debate and everything, and congratulations again on the win and, and the big fish. It's absolutely giant. Thanks a lot, Lyle. Doc. Hi, right, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on board. See you all later. All right. Chuck, what do you got tonight for closing statements? Uh, I don't have any. I'm just ready to get this, uh, get on down to Owensboro. And that's, that's about all I can concentrate on right now, working oh, Owensboro. Yeah. I understand. If I, had any, if, if I had anything else on my mind, it would be just totally overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Well, Doc, I'm sure you have some, some stuff for some closing statements. And I know you got a tip for us, so let's go ahead and do that. Well, I w already gave uh, tournament results. I got those through, the ones that I had uh, earlier when we were having some problems. My tip for tonight, uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, I gave this tip on on using knees to put your sabikis and that kind of stuff in, you know. Well, tonight's tip is I'm using another style. And this is, comes from the Stanley Corporation. And this is just a, it's like a tackle box. And I keep my loose stuff in it. Uh, Foley spoons, stuff like that. Stuff I don't have already t uh, rigged up. I keep my package sabikis there in, in this. But what's really cool about this is this is a uh, two two boxes and they've got a latch system so now i've got both of them they're tied together you see the marks on the top on the top there you can just stack these things up and one hand on you can carry them all with you so really nice setup uh, stuff doesn't you know transfer from one storage compartment to another it stays right there and these guys match right to each other so you can make three or four of these together if you want um, and that's Doc's tip for tonight. That's a great tip Doc and anything that can help make things convenient and closer together has got to be a great asset to anybody that's fishing and uh, you know I know that that 
you're excited about going down there. I know Chuck's excited. Like I say, Cindy's already got our love seat piled up with stuff to put in the truck. <laughs> I can't imagine that anybody that's headed that way is not in the same boat. Uh, Jim and Sheila run into us a little trouble. We're going to try to get them on next week. And, and we're going to be doing the second segment of Monsters on the Ohio next Monday night. And, and then Jim and Sheila, they can tell us about the skipjack. They can tell us about their live bait, getting licensed and all the stuff you need. They did just with the move in their store. They just had a little internet problems down there. So we'll get them on next week. And everybody be safe in your travels down there because I feel like uh, some of them will probably be headed down there before our Monday night show next week. And some of them will be waiting to, till Tuesday and Wednesday and, and so forth. But we want to make sure everybody has a safe trip down there and and uh, uh, get down to Owensboro. We're going to have a good time. We're going to catch a lot of fish. So thanks for watching Catfish Weekly tonight. For Doc Lang and Chuck Davis, and I'm Lyle Stokes, and we will see you next Monday night on Catfish Weekly.